Jesus, I love you. I don't know what we'd do without you. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated, and we're going to receive the tithes and offerings, but turn to, okay, I'm just going to tell you this. <laughs> I had a turn to Proverbs 3. Okay, so I'm standing there looking up things. Um, okay, so it's been busy since, you know, you go, you know, went to California uh, the week before, and, and you kind of have to play catch-up. There was a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to catch up with. Even IRS stuff was due and stuff like that, and um, just, just all kinds of things. Even your own house, they didn't have any groceries to Costco. <laughs> anyway, and because of all that and then different changes, now I'm just going to tell you this. I don't know if anybody's listening. <laughs> anyway, I, I woke up every single morning depressed. And I thought, there's got to be a reason for this, God. What is it? And you know what it was? I, I didn't have time to even stay full because I, I was... It's so tired, too. You know, you're tired also. And I can tell you that that depression, it was like a, a knot in here constantly, constantly trying to fight it. And then, you know, any little thing would happen. I would, you know, because I wasn't really even getting one night. I think I got four hours of sleep. And, and it was, I was listening to stuff. I was listening to a lot of sermons. But I wasn't getting into the word. And I want to tell you, I wasn't, not because I didn't want to. I was almost desperate. But I, it was like this, then, you know, people call and they need prayer and help. And, you know, and I'm a pastor and that's what you have to do. I'm going to tell you, stay full. So this morning, I just decided, somebody else is going to preach it tonight. But I, I decided, okay, I am just going to spend but it was that sick feeling. <laughs> Woke up again. And, okay, Ken didn't even know this. Because <laughs> I don't show it. I don't try to show it. And, all right. So I got into the Word, and it was all my notebook full of who I am in Christ. I had to do it. Or say, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. I, I have the life, the nature, the power, the ability of God in me, and on and on and on and on and on and on. Do you know how long it took? It took two hours without stopping. And you know what? Slowly that thing all of a sudden went, it's gone. She's agreeing with me. Yeah. And you're, you're a young lady. Yeah. Uh, you might not experience that because maybe you have enough time. It was like, yeah, like just in no time. It was all work, 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 work till 10 o'clock at night and time to go to bed. Or else, you know, I got a husband, I've got a house, I've got the pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's still are things that you've got your clothes, your washing, you know, all kinds of stuff. Even the dress I wore on Sunday needed ironing. <laughs> 
with an old-fashioned iron and an ironing board. Okay, what I'm telling you is, if that happens to you, take some time. And you know what? I, I went into joy, finally. <laughs> and but but I had I knew that's what it was. You know, you can and you can stay in that depression, and it starts to affect your mind. And I just thought, everybody, I, you know, that enemy had a lot of just talk, 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 talk to me. You're not you. She get out of there. I'm not kidding you. Get full, and it'll go away, and he will go away. Do it. Okay, so I wasn't even ready to take the tithes and offerings because I had it this afternoon, and I left all my notes. I don't have that. I'll just do something else. <laughs> and as they were singing, uh, I got Proverbs 3, and I'm going to read it. New Bible. <laughs> anyway, my son, forget not my law, but it's not his law. It's his word or teaching, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days. Your day will be long enough to get everything done and years of a life worth living and tranquility inward and outward and continuing through old age till death, these shall they add to you. I didn't have time to get into this. Okay, let, well, but that shouldn't be. You have to make it a priority. Let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness, shut that out. Forgive people, okay? And truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite <laughs> or falsehood. Don't be a fake. <laughs> Forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them on the table, tablet of your heart of your spirit man. Verse 4, So you will find favor and good understanding and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. You've got to, you know what, you can ask for favor when you go to interview for a job, when you go to a lawyer, when you go to any, any place that you need to find favor. It actually says in Psalm, is it 8? Uh, 12, Psalm 12, it says, favor, the favor of God encompasses me like a shield and encircles me. And you can say that and you will find favor in the eyes of that person. And it says, you will find favor, good understanding and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. Now, this is the one I, I wanted to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now that's King James. It says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart. And honestly, I, I say, God, I trust you with all my heart, and I mean it. You can't just go, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding. You're just not getting anywhere. It's got to be in here, not up here. Trust, lean on, trust in, and say that to him. Because there's times when things have gone wrong or you've, you've had to face something. You had to face something that wasn't fun. And I've said this over and over. I trust in you, Lord, with all my heart. I will not lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, everything, 
I acknowledge you. God, I ask you, help me. What do you want? And you will direct my path. You know, and that, that just brings up, and I, I was saying to God, now, the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete in John, in the book of John. And the paraclete means a helper. But do you know what? The, the Holy Spirit has seven names, seven, the perfect number. He is called, first of all, an advocate. He is a lawyer for you up in the heavenlies. There is a heavenly courtroom. It's serious, in all seriousness. That, that courtroom's gonna last. Okay, he's an advocate, which means a lawyer. I say I'm an alphabetic lawyer, so I can remember it. He's a counselor. He's a best counselor in the world. He's a comforter. And so, you know, when all this was going, I said, comfort me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's a helper. He'll help you. You know what? He prays for you. He's an intercessor. Ask him. You know, if you're born again, when you have Jesus in your heart, the Holy Ghost comes to live in you. Who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Father God and the Spirit of the Son of God. He's both. They come to live in you. And so they'll be your lawyer, your, your counselor, your comforter, your helper, your intercessor, and then it's your strengthener. He'll strengthen you, and he'll stand by you, even when you're doing something wrong. He stands by you. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, trust in him with all your heart, and trust in him with your finances, too trust in him you know in all your ways acknowledge verse 6 recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct you he'll maybe he'll direct you in a different place than you thought you should do make straight and plain your path verse 7 be not wise in your own eyes reverently fear that means reverence not oh I'm scared of you God don't it means you, I, 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 I honor you so much that I, I tremble if I see you. You know what I mean, a person. Well, he's here. He's here anyway. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. It is health to your nerves and sinews. <laughs> Look at that. It's health to your nerves and sinews and even to the marrow of your bones and it's moistening to your bones this is a new bible but in my old bible i put you know what it's it's a drink to your bones because <laughs> dry bones <laughs> cause bone to bone and that makes me wonder you know <laughs> okay Honor the Lord with your capital, with your money. Trust him. And sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all of your income. So see, you know, remember Michelle Peterson got 3,580, I don't know, 
it was worth more on oh, three thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars silk scarf from uh, from uh, from Paris, France. It, from where? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, and she went. How can I tithe on that? See, she was going to tithe on that. Well, that would have been three hundred and eighty-five dollars. <laughs> I teased her. I said, she gave it to me, but I'm going to give it back to her. <laughs> Somebody else gave it to her, and it had the authenticity. with it. But see, she knew that that she would tithe on it. It says, then your storage places, your bank accounts, you'd be shocked. It works. Shall be filled with plenty, see? And your vats will be overflowing with new wine. You'll have more of an understanding of the Word of God. That's what that means. You know what? And Right now, I'm just going to say, why does it say this right after that? My son, do not despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord. His correction, or by subjection, uh, some of that, I don't know, because he doesn't make you suffer, I can tell you that. But you know what? We suffer because of our own self, because we're not trusting. Neither be weary or impatient about or loathe his reproof. Because he wants to correct us so that he things will be better for us. For whom the Lord loves, whom a father and mother love, they correct. Right? For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So, see, happy is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's words and life experiences. Amen. So I, I just, you know, but I wanted to tell you that the Lord says, tell them how you felt and how it's it slowly left. I just kept it up. I kept it up. And I, I said all those scriptures with meaning, though, that I was saying. And I kept it up and kept it up and kept it up and kept it up and kept it up until it left. It left. <laughs> and it does. It, 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 it gives you strength. There's something about this. It's supernatural. Amen. So ushers, I'm sorry, I, I'm always forgetting to tell you the, to take, uh, you know, to pass out the envelopes. <laughs> it's true. The word is just absolutely wunderbar. Father, I thank you. We praise you for the ability to even give, Lord God. And we say that my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you need to meditate on that. My God supplies. Because you can just say it and it doesn't mean anything according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And his riches in the glory of heaven are from end to end. There's no end to it. 
so you can receive it.
questions she answered, I'd be happy to assist. There could have been pastor, or pastor could ask me, do you mind coming over and taking out the trash for me? Pastor, I'm happy to assist. You know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, when we go to California, a lot of uh, ministers, um, many times we get to be around them because we're helping pastors, so then pastors around them. We're not in there just because we're it involved and uh they'll say well what do you do in the church we said whatever we can do to help our pastor you know uh, so i get to do this to help our pastor tonight so with the exception of pastors i want to try something and uh they, they don't have to do this that's what i'm saying is i'm not going to require that they do it but if they want to uh do something you know spiritual things are very simple uh if if they were hard, you know, it, it wouldn't make much sense. Because the word is for everybody. The word's for everybody. Uh, my wife was telling me today about, what was it, dear, that he died for all. Or the, what was it you said this morning? Yeah, good tidings and joy to all. So in order for them to get into that and to get into tidings and joy, good tidings and joy are spiritual things. Spiritual things are very simple. Pastor makes them very simple for us. Sometimes as simple as I didn't feel good and I started, you know what? That's simple. Um, I'm thankful for our pastor. Okay. So uh, with the exception of pastors, this is what I want to do. It's going to kind of be like Simon says. Okay. So I'm just going to ask, right now, I have everybody's attention, I'm going to ask everybody stand up. With the exception of pastors, they don't have to. They can, they can stay rested, they can stay seated. Okay. I'll wait till everybody has stood up. So, spirit, yeah, spiritual, yeah, oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying Simon says, it, it's kind of like Simon says, and that I'm going to say something and you guys follow. Spiritual things are very simple. If I say stand up, that's very simple. You should, yeah. Okay. So, go ahead and sit down. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing Simon Says. We're not playing that game. Yeah. It's just, yes. So, this is not Simon Says. This is just Lonnie Says. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, we're, it's, it's not a trick game, I'm just saying. So the instructions were stand up, everybody stand up. The instructions are sit down, everybody sit down. All right, let's try it again, following instructions. Everybody stand up. Some people might get mad at me, that's okay. All right, and everybody's going to stand until everybody's standing. <laughs> so, so... Everybody sit down. Okay. Um, now you can stay seated. That's fine. Um, I think it was Brother Hagen um, and Pastor Nancy has mentioned this too. When you're, in, when you're in a service and there's things you don't understand, what do you do? It'd be like being at a, a really elegant dinner and you don't know which fork to use for the salad. You don't know where to put your elbows. What do you do? You look at the ones that have been there. You look at the people, you look at the head of the table and follow their example. Pastor is our example. She's our example in spiritual things. All right, so we're going we're gonna, to, 
journey on this a little bit more. If you don't, if you don't do this, if you don't normally pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues, just remain quiet during that part. Okay? But for this first part, everybody just start saying to yourself, Thank you, Lord. 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 Very simple. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, now the instruction is to pray in the Spirit. If you don't, just remain quiet during that time. Be reverential of everybody else. But go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Okay, now pause. Okay, now I'm going to start with thank you, Lord, and then we will transition into praying in the Spirit. And just all you got to do is follow the leader. It's just, it's very simple. Okay, so let's start with thank you, Lord. And then when I transition into praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues, follow into that. Again, if you don't normally do that, just remain reverential and, and respectful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We're so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My, my point in doing that was not because you guys have never been to the table before. You know, we've done this many times, but they're very simple. You don't, you follow the leader, basically. You know, uh, we endeavor to follow pastor's leadership. Uh, when we, and we're going to have guest ministers who are coming soon who will be preaching uh, by the Spirit of God, and I expect to be very powerful services. They are counting on us on following them into some places. We can follow the minister into places when they're speaking. You can put them into a new room, into a new phase when they're preaching, and we, we follow with them, go with them. You know, uh, Brother Hagen used to talk about, or he, the one thing that he used to do is his meetings would be several weeks long, but it was just to get them all following, and then they could get somewhere by the end, you know. Um, so, and then also, if, if you haven't been coming that long and you don't know how to act during those moves when the Spirit's moving, it's very simple. Just look at somebody who does know. And the person to look to in here would be our pastor. You know, if, she, if she's up here, she starts uh, worshiping and shouting and dancing, follow into that with her. You can get the whole group to move together. It'd be like a school of fish. You ever seen a school of fish? Like, they all go this way together. Like in Finding Nemo, the one school of fish, they can turn into faces and everything because they, they all move so, so well together, you know. If pastor goes this way, we follow pastor this way, you know. So spiritual things are very, very simple. Um, and so tonight I, I have some things on my heart um, that I want to get to, and you guys believe in faith with me to get there. Follow with me, you know. Um, Say this with me. I love my pastor. I love Pastor Jackie. I love Pastor Ken. Now, I'm not saying this to be a brown noser. 
to stand up here and be like, my pastor, my pastor, you know, to make myself look good, you know, in front of pastor or in front of anybody that's watching. Uh, it's just that she, God gave her to us. He gave gifts unto men, and he set pastors according to his own heart. And anything God gives you, it needs to be cherished. One, if you want to keep it, and two, if you want to get to the end result. He didn't give you a pastor just to say, I have a pastor. He gave you a pastor for a purpose. Not so you can just you know, tell your buddies, well, I go to this church and the pastor is so-and-so. The pastor is Jack for an abbreviation. No, I mean, not, not that it's Pastor Jackie, but uh, an example that I've, I've been listening to Dr. some old messages from Dr. Dufresne. So it's not, if you don't know this, it's not Jack or Jackie or Ken. It's pa- pastor, pastor. When John and I were talking about this recently, um, somebody new had come and I was introducing them to people and I shied away from introducing my brothers and sisters as brother so-and-so, brother Tony, sister Christina. One, it's a little bit more of a mouthful, but it also, to the outside world, can seem kind of weird. And I started catering to that and saying, well, this is brother so-and-so, but this is so-and-so. I didn't use brother or sister. And John and I were talking about that. It's very important because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a religious thing. I don't say it because we're in a cult or anything like that. I say it because it does something to them, but it also does something to me. It reminds me that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, that we, are, that we have a relation that is beyond a natural relation. Sonia is my wife, and that's a natural relation, but she's also my sister. I could call her Sister Sonia if I wanted. Yeah. If it sounds a little weird to you, just... Don't get it twisted. We're also brother and sister in Christ because there is, there's, we have a natural relationship, but there is a relationship that supersedes family, supersedes natural things. And actually, spiritual things supersede natural things. Spiritual things, however simple, like I said, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, I believe, I'm getting to the point where like, I realize, I'm like, man, I actually believe that. I believe there, there are some spiritual things that are becoming more real to me than natural things. Which when I, when I realize how spiritual laws work, when I realize how spiritual laws work, and the natural circumstances that kind of would, de- would, in the natural, determine how I operate in those spiritual laws... I've just started not to care about the natural things, and I care more about the spiritual things, and I expect the natural things to line up. Uh, for one example would be tithing. If you can get to the point where, like we tell you, and this first, if this is the first time you've heard it, I remember the first time I heard it, I don't remember if I choked on it, but it, it, it took some faith to tithe. When you hear 10% of all your increase, and you've never done that, it can, it can trip you up. 10% of all your increase. Well... Man, I need that. And pastor says, as our, as our example, you tithe on the overall, the gross, because that is your increase. You tithe on that, and that can be hard to do. I remember the, one of the first times I did it, I needed, I needed rent money. And I had just come off a of hip surgery. I was moving, just come off a of hip surgery in college. 
and um, I needed money for the first month's rent. And I stood in faith. I tithed, and the money showed up in this church. I obeyed, and the money, somebody wrote me a check for $200. And that's happened so many times. Uh, it just keeps happening. But I, I've gotten to the point where I believe giving my 10% will make, will have God get on my 90%. When you give your 10%, God gets on your 90%, and he'll make it go further than your 100% could. I'm not, I'm not preaching on the tithe tonight, but this is an example. So I realized that earlier today. I said, well, I don't care how much it costs. I'm going to do it. Because the spiritual law behind it is more real to me than the natural circumstances. If God's, that's one of the things, uh, I believe, maybe it was, it was Brother Copeland said it, and he said, I think he said he was driving uh, Reverend Oral Roberts, and he looked at him, and, and one of the things, he told him three things, and one of the things he said, he goes, find out what your job is. And then he said, get it done at all costs. At first he said, people are always going to tell you you can't do that. People are always going to tell you you can't afford, how many square feet is this? People are always going to tell you, you and your church can't afford a 23,000 square foot church. And just because I know that you, that you you can't do it, I'm going to put a clause in there that we can buy it back for a dollar when you fail. People are watching, but people... So... People are always going to tell you you can't do it. And then the other two things I believe he told them were, find out what your job is and then get it done at all costs. So realizing that, you know, there's some meetings coming up. And and I was thinking about this. I said, in the natural, we, we talked to a financial uh, gal, a financial planner or representative, just, just to get some natural wisdom on finances and managing money I've learned the most, actually. So I, I started coming to this church in 2012. Uh, Sonia as well. I think she had attended a couple, once or twice before I ever even ended up here. Um, when we when we moved here, I moved here to go to Midland University. Which education do you think was more valuable, Midland or this church? I learned worlds more sitting in this church, even though things freaked me out, things I had never seen before. But this was keeping me grounded. This was keeping me sane and helping me get through my natural schooling. But I, so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that earlier, and I was like, man, that financial planner, if she saw the things we've decided to do with our money, she'd say, she'd say you're nuts. It's like the bank. The bank says, tell the pastor, stop giving. And we put our money where it counts the most for us where the spiritual things matter. You put them into your, we, I'm not telling you what to do with it. You follow your, the, the unction from the Holy Ghost for you. Um, but we put it with what's important to us. What's important to us is our local church, seeing our pastor move further, uh, seeing the vision come to pass, and then keeping up with her in that. Keeping up with her in spiritual things. If she wants to go further, yes, pastor, let's go. We will... We will follow you like a school fish. We will follow you right on into it, Pastor. Um, so when she goes further, we've got we've to be willing to go further with her. This is not, 
my message, but this is where I'm starting at. Um, so yeah, I realized that earlier today. I'm going, man, if that financial planner, who's a very wise lady and has helped you know, many of the other people at my work, they actually recommended her to me. And I, so we, we had her come, and she came to our house and did an in-person meeting, which I thought was huge. It was like, uh, you know, she wasn't scared of COVID, and she didn't have a mask on. And uh, she came at night when most people are ready to go home, and she has a family. She came in the evening to our house and met with us. Um, this was when we were in our apartment still. But I was thinking, she'd look at what we do and just say, well, you're nuts. What, why are you doing that with that money? This doesn't make any sense, but it works. It works. We always have more than enough. It just keeps showing up. I told Sonny, I said, man, every time we go to California, which could, in the natural, if you looked at it, well, man, a trip to California could be kind of expensive. You got tickets, you got hotels, you got cars, you got food. I would just say, uh, I told Sonia on our last trip, I said, I said, I don't care what it looks like. I expect more to come. I got to the point where it's like every time we leave California, we come back with more than what we left with. Uh, even Victoria, there's, there's people that want to see Victoria and give her money. Uh, yeah, she came back one time with a box, of, a box of dresses. Some of you were with us. A huge box of really nice dresses. And then the husband of the lady that gave us the dresses gave Victoria $50. And then there was a pastor from Kenya uh, that asked to, to, uh, to a special trip where he said, have Victoria come see me before the night's over. So we brought Victoria to her, and she gave Victoria $100. And then she gave her some more money this last trip. You know, and that's my kid, so I, I expect that too. People put, people put stuff in my hands. It doesn't make any sense, but so. Um, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So spiritual things are, are very simple. So I've got, I've kind of got a two-part title of this message. I don't normally title them, but the title came to me, so I'm going to go with it. The first part is going to be the refreshing of a pastor. I'm not going to tell you the second part yet because I want to get there, but um, the first part is the refreshing of a pastor. Uh, having a pastor is a covenant relationship. The co- a covenant actually means a contract or an agreement. Um, in, in biblical things, talking about, you know, we have the, the old covenant and the new covenant. Um, and you hear, hear the phrase covenant. In the Old Testament, it, covenant, actually even in the New Testament, covenant meant to, uh, to cut the covenant or covenant, which are kind of the same thing. So the word covenant represents the phrase cut the covenant. Because they used to cut covenants together. You've heard of the phrase blood brothers, blood sisters. Well, I mean, very simply put, we are blood brothers and blood sisters because the reason we are brothers and sisters is because of the blood. That's, that's just, you know, the very surface of it. Jesus shed the blood so that we could enter into covenant with God or don't let the word covenant trip you up, agreement, so we can enter into contract with God. And if once you've entered into that, you are a brother or sister. I've got many blood brothers, many blood sisters all over the planet. Uh, I like something John said in, uh, in, our me- in our meeting we had recently. He said the church is, uh, was it, the church is the, the biggest entity on the earth or the most important entity on the earth? 
Um, so I'm going to talk about some covenant words, and you can just write them down. Like I'll get to them. But um, so the word covenant means to cut the covenant, come into agreement. In, in, in the Old Testament, it actually meant an incision where blood flows. <clears throat> For example, here, I'll read this real quick. Um, and the reason I'm talking about covenants is, one, I mean, that's how I've learned to operate, is become covenant-minded. Pastor Nancy said recently, it's covenant-minded people who are looking for a reason to stay. Covenant-minded people are looking for a reason to stay. Offended people are not. They're looking for, she said, anybody could find a reason to leave. That's easy. Anybody could find a reason to get offended. I don't like their earrings. I don't like the way their hair is cut. I don't like how they talk to me. I don't like, I don't like their car. You know, what a, and that's, the devil will find anything to point a finger at somebody else to get you offended. But the point of offense the point of offense is always to separate you from the voice of God. The point, and it, yes, the point of offense, as in like the structure of a sentence, the point of offense, I could say the point of this, the, uh, maybe it's the object or the end result of this, but actually literally the point, because it's pointing a finger. It's the enemy literally pointing a finger. He's called the accuser of the brethren. What does an accuser do? You, you, you. And I love what we heard in California recently. The, the accuser comes to accuse you with you. He's gonna, that's what condemnation is. He's going to beat you up with you, with your faults, your haircut, your lack of, your lateness, whatever it might be. Whatever He will use that stuff to beat you up with you. The accuser is always going to point a finger. But the point of it, uh, just like uh, in the garden, um, the accuser showed up and convinced Eve uh, to eat the fruit, to disobey God. Well, then Adam joined in and ate it also. Well, then God comes and basically says, where are you? And what have you done? And, um, and they pointed fingers at each other. Well, Adam said, well, God, the woman you gave me, but, but did you catch it? It's not just, it, it's not, well, but it's her fault, but also the, the woman, he's saying, saying the woman you gave me, Father. So it's pointing its finger at God. It's pointing its finger at the voice of God. So it's not, it's not just blaming, Adam wasn't just blaming the woman. He didn't realize he was being influenced to blame God for something he did. And then Eve, well, the serpent, Father, you know, um, so offense will try to get you to point your finger. It might not start out that way, but the point of it is to get you offended with where you're receiving. John and I were talking, and John used this example recently. He said, it's almost as though there was a one single pipe of water uh, coming straight from heaven to here. Well, that's, that's the revelation flowing to your pastor. Um, and water is symbolic of the anointing. It's symbolic of the spirit is symbolic of refreshing and revelation in the Bible. Uh, but he said, it's almost like there's a pipe straight to heaven. And if that pipe was, was your life source, you could have a pipe of orange juice coming this way, a pipe of 
your favorite soda coming this way, but what is going to keep you alive is water. You need water. You need that refreshing. You're going to do everything you can to, to protect that pipe of water because it's vital to your life. Pastor has been talking about recently, if it was as vital as dialysis, you'd be here. How vital is it to you, you know? Um, John and I were talking about that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So uh, there's a scripture. So I'll tell you guys a story real quick, and then we'll kind of get into the refreshing of a pastor part. So when I was out at the academy, um, the police, the, most of you know I'm in law enforcement. If you don't, I'm in law enforcement. But um, you have to go out to the training academy for 15 weeks. Um, and it's not like any school I've ever been to where Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to have this class, and then Tuesday, Thursday, you're going to have this class, and you're going to have PE at this hour. No, it was, it was, you take a class that's eight hours long, and the exam's tomorrow, and then uh, while you're preparing for that exam, you've got three more courses that you're going to finish in the next two days. It was very crash course. It was almost like drinking from a fire hose, um, and so that, that took an adjustment when I got there. I was like, oh man, okay, so now I've got to, I've got to readjust myself to the teaching. Did you hear I said, I got to, I got to readjust myself to the teaching and to the teachers. Um, the, so I, and then I kind of got to the point where I kind of, then you've got people who are not, they're not certified teachers training you in these classes. They didn't go to college to be instructors, professors, they're just experts in their field. You know, if somebody's going to teach us on the SWAT team, then they, are, they actually were in a SWAT team and have some experiences. They're teaching us from their expertise, but they may not have any natural teaching gift. So, so I have to adjust myself to the flow of the teaching, but then I have to adjust myself to the teacher. And I, I was having a hard time with that because there's some people that just aren't good teachers. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Some people have a natural gift for teaching you things. Um, I'm thankful our pastor has a teaching gift. Um, but there's some people that just aren't good teachers. So they'll deliver something in a way that you're like, what do I do with this? You know, instead of this goes here, this goes here, you know. It, it's, and that maybe they did as best they could, but again, a lot of the people out there, they're teaching you from their, their experiences and from their profession um, that they've had, which is we need it. We need experience. We need their profession, but the teaching part of it, there'd be some tests that I'd be like, I don't even know how to prepare for this. So what I determined to do, there was one guy in particular, and every, recently we were talking about him because the academy guy, or everybody that's gone to the academy will always talk, well, my time in the academy this, and my time in the academy this, and this was my instructor. And I told somebody, I said, man, the person I had for interview and interrogation, I loved him. And they're like, really? We hated him. You can never make sense of anything he was talking about. I realized the reason I loved them so much was because I adjusted myself to the way they teach. And I said, you know what? I don't care how bad he is. I'm going to get something out of it. And, uh, and so I actually really loved it. And I've, I've been able to use some of what I learned from him in my career so far. Um, and there was, even, there was even one point where some things were being taught that I just wasn't grasping in the natural. I didn't understand it. And I started to almost feel like a little kid again. There was one class where I actually started tearing up. 
uh, because when I was a kid, I did not like school. Uh, I'm thankful my kids, you know, Victoria, she loves school. When I was a kid, I did not like school. I dreaded it. I would kick and scream. Um, I would actually, I would actually get uh, an- headaches from anxiety um, when I was a kid because of the amount of pressure. I wouldn't do homework. I mean, there's things parents can do to help train kids. You know, you come home, just get your homework done right away. That way you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. But uh, I would put off homework, and then I would stress over not getting it done, or I'd stress over a test the next day that I didn't think I was prepared for. When I was in college, I realized I needed to just stop worrying about it because when I was in growing up, if I didn't have an assignment done that was due the next day, and instead of getting all nervous and worked out, up over it, I realized every time I go to class, if I still show up, the teacher will usually make some sort of way. They'll say, well, you know, you showed up, I'll give you one more day, or something like that. They'd usually willing to work with me. So when I was in college, I realized, well, I just need, even if I don't have this done, I should just stop worrying about it because it's going to work out anyway. Um, But I used to get very nervous, and I used to sweat it. I used to just, I used to actually get anxiety attacks. Like, I would have headaches, really bad headaches, and I couldn't open my eyes because any amount of light would hurt my headaches. And that was as a little kid. And I hadn't had that for so many years. And then when I was out at the academy, the pressure of not grasping something came to me in class one day. We were preparing for a test. We were in a group. I could ask people questions, but the group I was in it, and the instructor standing there talking to us, and he's giving us instruction in a small group, and it, I felt, I don't know this to be true, but I felt like everybody else understood it, and I did not, and I felt singled out, and I actually started tearing up. I didn't show it, but I, like, my eyes, I felt the pressure behind my eyes, felt the, like, uh, you know, something in my throat, and... I felt ashamed. I felt um, less than because I wasn't grasping it. I felt like I wasn't keeping up. But there's a verse that came to me. I said, Father, I know this is the benefit of of having a blood covenant, of being connected to the Father, is you can say, Father, I know I'm struggling with this. I know this feeling of guilt, condemnation is wrong. Help me to get this. There's no reason I can't get this because I belong to you. So help me, whatever it is that I need help for, whatever, whether it's the instructor, the way it's said, the way that uh, I'm taking notes, whatever it is, help me with this. And I, so I went to God. I said, God, help me with this. And there was a verse that uh, the Pastor Ken says all the time that helped me. And it actually carried me. You know, sometimes you just need you know, so I'm talking about the refreshing of a pastor. Um, sometimes all you need, you know, have you ever had something coming up and you're not sure how it's going to work out, but you get one word from God and then you just ride that. I'm sticking with this. I don't care what anybody says. This is my way. This is my ride. This is my exit road to this test. Um, and my exit road was a verse that Pastor Ken says all the time. Um, Isaiah 54:13. And he says, uh, you can write that down. You don't have to turn there. But it says, in the Amplified, it says, in your, in your spiritual children, you can say this speaking of your natural children, and believe God that they become one and the same. Uh, but your spiritual children, or your children, shall be disciples. So say, all my children shall be disciples, taught of the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of my children. How many have heard Pastor Ken say that verse? And that verse came to me when I was out there. Um, I said, man, that's the one Pastor Ken says all the time. 
but so it says my my children well i'm a child of god but i was struggling with something and so i went to him and i said father help me get this and it was this verse my children well we're his children so his children shall be taught of the lord and great shall be their peace i was not in peace i was in i was in guilt or uh or condemnation or shame but it says here all your spiritual children shall be taught of the lord and great and, oh and it says in the amplified it says taught of the lord and obedient to his will and great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children um, there's another verse that helped me. Uh, it is, uh, they shall never blush for shame or be confused or confounded. I felt confused and confounded. But it says that they shall never be, uh, be put to shame or blush for shame or be confused or confounded. I felt I had blushed for shame. One of the teachers even, uh, I think it's in Psalm. Is it? Um, but, it, but uh, a teacher even looked me in the eyes and said, you got that, Brown? You got that? Like, it, it's making sense, right? And I just said, yes, sir. Like, I was like, yes, it's making sense. But I was try holding back tears because I wasn't getting it. Um, and so I started to meditate on this verse. Uh, so it says they shall never blush for shame or be confused or confounded somewhere else. I said, all right, Father, if your children shall never blush for shame or be confused or confounded, I'm taking that. And if I'll never blush for shame or be confused or confounded, that means there's an answer to what I'm not getting. And then I got this verse, uh, Isaiah 54, 13. And your spiritual children, or your children, shall be disciples, taught of the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. So I stood on that, and that took me all the way through. Um, that helped me in, those, in that face of shame and, and you're not getting it. That helped me through. It was my answer. Um, but I wouldn't have known that verse if I didn't have a pastor. Um, so I started to meditate on this. Um, there's a reference to that verse in the Amplified. At the bottom it says John 6, 45. So all my children shall be taught of the Lord and obedient to his will and great shall be their peace and their composure. If you, if you have your Bible, go to John 6, 45 real quick. I was amazed at this. So this is the New Testament reference of that Old Testament scripture. You have to filter the Old Testament through the New Testament to make it apply to you today. The New Testament is our magnifying glass into the Old Testament. Everybody with me? We're still, we're following along? We're, we're, going, we're going somewhere. So use the New Testament to look through the Old Testament. And that's why when I saw this verse in, in John... This is technically, Jesus hadn't died yet, so it's still the Old Testament, but it's in, um, the, it's in the Gospels, uh, John 6, 45, let me turn there, I'm talking about it, I need to get there. So John 6, 45 in the Amplified, it says, it is written in the book of the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, and have him in person as their teacher, everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. So, so I looked up, so you got the reference of teacher here. So in, in Isaiah 54, 13, all my disciples, all my children shall be disciplined followers or disciples taught of the Lord. So the Lord is our teacher. The, um, and then in 645, it references 
they shall all be taught of the Lord. And I love this in brackets says they have him in person as their teacher. When you don't understand something, you have him in person as your teacher. You have the person of Christ as your teacher to teach you something, um, to help you get it. You know, so and so I, I looked up that word teacher and I don't have it written down here. But I was, I was surprised at, at what I found, that the word teacher, actually one of the, one of the synonyms or, or meanings of the word teacher was actually uh, first reign. I thought first, first reign, R-A-I-N, first reign. Uh, like say it's very dry out and we have our first reign. What does that do? It's refreshing. Oh, it's so refreshing. Um, well, so I started thinking about that teacher. Well, I'm, I'm relying on you as my teacher. I see in the word that you're my teacher. I'm relying on you as my teacher. And this word teacher means first reign. And I said to myself, where have I heard the word first reign? Well, just even in biblical terms, where, who knows? I mean, pastors, I'm sure, knows. Who knows where the first mention of reign was in the Bible? Noah, yeah, yeah, so uh, what happened, when, when did that first rain come? Yep, it came, from the, it came from the ground and from the skies, and, but what was the purpose of it? To flood the earth, and Noah was in the ark, and his family was in the ark, and so I realized, well, Noah, that was the point of Noah, was, was to get the ark built and to get the plan of God brought to pass. So I don't want to make this too complicated, but I realized, I said, well, the first rain came after 100 years of Noah building the ark. Put yourself in Noah's shoes. You're building an ark. You don't even know what a boat is. You're hearing from God you believe you're hearing from God and everybody else is telling you you're crazy and you're building this ark and now you've got your family tied up with it. Your family's building an ark. So in the natural, you'd look at it and say, well, they're crazy, but they didn't hear from God. Noah heard from God. So at the end of 100 years of building an ark, what happened? There was a first rain. And I, I was, what does that mean, Father? Well, think, put yourself in those shoes and think of how refreshing it was when that actually happened, when it came to pass. Exactly. Think of how refreshing it would be for something you've desired for so long, and then it actually happens. So I was thinking about that. I said, well, the, if the word teacher means first rain, and I see this reference in the word, well, the first mention of rain in the Bible is Noah, and what rain would have meant to him would have been the refreshing or the, the end result, the coming to pass, of the plan of God for for your life, yeah, for your life, the manifestation of, of what you've been believing for. And so now when I see that word teacher, I don't just see the word teacher, I see the word refreshing, I see first rain, I see end result. Um, so that, and so I'm going to mention, I'm going to list off some words here. Um, kind of change directions to the second 
second part of my message. So the second part of my message is, who is your fellow to follow? Who is your fellow to follow? That's going to be the second half. Who is your fellow to follow? The first part was the refreshing of a pastor. So now we've got that down. The word teacher can be associated with refreshing and end result. Getting, like I said earlier, God didn't give you a pastor just to say, I have a pastor. He gave you a pastor to cherish and to help you get to the end result. That's the refreshing of a pastor. I want to get to the end of my 100 years. It might not be 100 years. It might not be 120 years. I don't care how many years it is. I want to see the end result. I want to get to the end. I want to run my, run my race, finish my course with joy, and have that refreshing. Um, if you think about the parable of the talents, what did he tell them? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy what your yeah and the rest what your master in himself enjoys well i'm getting ahead of myself but i want to get to that point i want to just not get to the well done now good and faithful servant he also said enter thou into the joy the blessedness the refreshing what your master already enjoys our master is jesus and god in heaven and they're sitting in refreshing they're sitting in joy. They're sitting in peace. It says God uh, did all those works, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Um, if we're following him, we ought to be resting. But I want to get to the rest, the blessedness, the joy, which my master enjoys. So the second part of this, who is your fellow to follow? <clears throat> so who is your fellow to follow. I'm going to go to some. I've been taking notes. Uh, well, real quick. Let me go to. So pastor asked me to do this, and she said, I, is that too short? Of, she asked me, what, last two nights? Last night? Night before last. So yesterday evening or yesterday morning, she texted me and said, is it too late to ask you to do that? And I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. If pastor, if pastor puts a draw on you, it's not an inconvenience to me. No, Pastor, that would be too inconvenient. You've got to give me two weeks to prepare um, and a week of me taking the offering just so I can get started. No, if Pastor says it, if Pastor says you got something, you got something. Uh, that's, another, that's another spiritual thing. If, if Pastor comes over here and hands you the mic and says you got something, get up and give it, you might be like, I barely brushed my teeth today. But yes, ma'am, grab that mic, get up, and draw from your spirit. That's the benefit, like she's saying, just stay full, just stay full. There's things, so really, this is my notes all the way back from the academy. That's what I'm talking about, is I started taking notes on this stuff, on the word refreshing, on first rain, on getting to my end result. That was two, over two years ago already. Actually, it was two years ago, April, May. I went to the academy in May of 2020. So it was two years ago um, that, I, that I started meditating on the, what that word actually means to me because I had to rely on my teacher to get to the end result. It was so refreshing to graduate from the academy when the pressure was, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. The accuser, you're not going to do it, you're not good enough. Um, and also, let me remind you real quick of what Reverend Ricky taught us is, is there's the many voices and none of them without signification 
But what we have to do is recognize where that voice comes from. There's so many voices. There's voices. You got the voice of the enemy telling you you're not going to make it. You got the voices of other people, whether good or bad. Uh, they can be. They can influence you. Um, you got the voice of your own conscience. You got the voice of the media. You got the voice of those you work with, those you're around. Many voices, none of them without significance. Uh, so I'm actually just going to some notes that I've actually, so anytime I, so pastor talks about uh, just meditate on the word, meditate on it, meditate on it. So I'm going back to some notes that I've just, uh, as I was reading through the New Testament, I'm, I haven't got past Luke 640. I'm stuck on Luke 640. And so when I got time during my day, no matter how busy I am, I sit down, I go, okay, Father, I have at least a couple minutes. I can read this verse. And I'm amazed that when I take five minutes and I go, okay, I'm going to read this. And, I, and it just starts going off in my spirit. So I've been going to the same, I have a notepad, like an app in my phone. I just go to that same note. And every time I get something on that topic, I just, I add it to my notes. And I add it to my notes. And I add it to my notes. So really, I'm just going to my notes that I've had for months. Uh, maybe even the, the refreshing is years. Let's pull up my notes real quick. Um, So many notes, I gotta find the ones that I'm looking for. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There we go. Yeah, so I started taking notes on. Oh, not that one. I had it open. What happened to it? Did I accidentally bump it? There we go. So I started taking these notes actually about a month ago on the on the verse Luke 6:40. So you can write these words down. These are some covenant words or agreement words or contract words between us and God. Um, so when you say a word, there's so much like the word teacher. There's so much behind that word. Um, so there's a lot behind words. And so there's some words that I've I've kind of been studying out this book. Uh, the Blood Covenant by Brother Hay or Brother E. W. Kenyon, Pastor, or I'd say Reverend E. W. Kenyon. Um, he he delves into that's where I got the word covenant means to cut the covenant or an incision where blood flows. The word believe. Here's just I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some words and give you either some synonyms or some de definitions, so that when we move forward and there's other and these these words come up, you have something else to associate it to. So now you have something else to associate to the word teacher. You have refreshing. You have first reign. You have end result. When I see the word teacher now, when I think of my pastor as my teacher, uh, I think of I'm going to get to the end result. Um, another place, you know, and Jesus, we know this, Jesus is our teacher. Um, and the Holy Ghost uh, and the, the disciples reference to Jesus all the time. They call them rabbi, teacher, master. Um, and then in, uh, I think it's John 14, 27, um, he talks about the peace. Let's, I'll go there real quick. I'm only a couple pages away. You don't have to go there. You can just write it down. John 14, 27. If you back up uh, to 14, 24, uh, no, 14, 26. But the, it says, but in the Amplified, it says, but the comforter 
the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, everything pastor was saying during the offering, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name and in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. I love this next part. He will teach you all things. I said, the Holy Ghost is my teacher. He's going to show me all things to get to my end result, to get to my refreshing. So that's just another place where, uh, where Jesus, God, and the Holy Ghost, they're referenced as the teacher. Um, I, I love that because he doesn't describe him as the teacher initially, but then he says, but he's going to teach you all things. Um, I'm so thankful for that teacher. So here's some covenant words uh, to just to put, kind of write them down. So the word pupil, student or son, you could also put disciple. So pupil, student, son, disciple, and these are just words I've, I've found. You can, if you have more, write them down in your, in your notes. Um, so pupil, student, son, disciple, Disciplined follower. We know disciple means disciplined follower. Disciplined one. Next is trained. Trained, set to rights, perfected, made perfect, matured, or, or maturing. Because we know biblically the word perfect doesn't mean you're absolutely perfect. It means you're being perfected. You're, you're maturing. You're coming to full stature. You're getting to that end result. That's the point. That's it's, the point. Isn't just to, like I said earlier. It's, the point isn't just to say I have a pastor. The point is to get to the end result, to become fully matured. Um, and I have I have a verse to reference all this to. So perfected, matured, and led. And one of the phrases I used was set to rights. Well, if you're set to rights, you're made righteous. So you could even put in there made righteous. And all these words, some of these words, you should be able to find yourself in them. Well, I'm a pupil. Well, I'm a student. Well, I'm a son. Well, I'm a disciplined follower. Well, I'm trained or being trained. I'm in training. I'm set to rights. I, I've been made righteous. I'm being perfected. I'm led. So we can identify with some of these things. Uh, the next, next word or phrase is doing good. Doing good also means fruit-bearing, doing good or fruit-bearing. I talked about the end result. The point of a tree isn't just to be a tree. It's to bear fruit. Jesus talked about that. If you don't bear fruit, what use are you? Doing good, fruit-bearing, produce, benefits, and fainting not. So I've connected those words because in order to get to the produce, the end result, you got to faint not. So they're connected. In order to get to your refreshing and first rain, you need a teacher. You need a teacher to help you get there. And it's not enough to just have a teacher. you got to listen to that teacher. Is this too much? Are you guys following me? Are you guys following me? Okay, so we got doing good, fruit bearing, produce, benefits, and fainting not. I wrote this down somewhere else in my notes, but it reminds me of pastor, no quitting sense. You can put that down. You got to have no quitting sense. 
All right, so now the verse that this is all surrounded around is, is Luke 6.40. You can turn there, and if you have a device, and if you're going to put it up on the board, up on the wall, let's put it up in the message, please. Uh, but first, I'm going to go to the Amplified. This might be a little hard to stomach, some of it, but you can chew it on, chew on it later. Yeah. <laughs> we got some spiritual Pepto-Bismol out there. You can take that later. Um, Luke 6.40. Now I'll read it out of the Amplified real quick. It says, A pupil is not superior to his teacher, but everyone, when he is completely trained, you've heard that word, when he's readjusted, yep, Luke 6.40, and that's the message. So I'm reading out of the Amplified real quick, so don't look up there. Um, a pupil is not superior to his teacher. So some of these words we've heard, and we have things to associate them to. But everyone, can you say, but everyone. So that means it applies to everyone. But everyone, when he is completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights, and is perfected, will be like his teacher. So in the message it says, uh, you go to 40, the next one. Luke 6, okay. Then I'll just, I'll pull it up on my phone. I have, I actually had it here. Thank you, Father. So I want to get to my end result. So that's why I'm meditating on these things is they're helping me get there. So Luke 6.40 in the message says a pupil, wait, I'm in the Amplified still, message. Scroll, 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 scroll. There we go. Okay. Um, so I love this, I love the message. Sometimes the message just like throws it in your face. Um, the message says for Luke 6.40, an apprentice, so there's another word that you could match with pupil or student or disciple. An apprentice doesn't lecture his master, teacher, pastor, man of God. Those are some other words to associate. Um, uh, so an apprentice doesn't lecture his master. The point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. So if your teacher is going to help you get to your end result and you're following the wrong teacher, you don't end up at the right end result. We know there's a good and acceptable and a perfect will, but I want to get to that perfect will. I want to get to the refreshing. I want to get to the first rain. So hopefully these things will help you, help you get there. When you kind of chew on them and you think about it, uh, these are the things I think about. These are the things I, because I want to get to the end result. I know Pastor does. She wants to see it all come to pass. I want to see it all come to pass. So, I was reading that verse. I've been stuck in this, this passage for a while. So Luke 6.40, let's, let's back up to 39. It says, and Jesus quoted, a, it was talking about Jesus. He quoted a proverb. Because I was reading these verses and I said, well, he's talking about the blind leading the blind. But then he talks about a, a student following his teacher. But then he talks about offense and being a hypocrite. And I'm like, well, this kind of, if you look at just Luke 6.40, it looks like it's out of place. But it's related to what's above and what's below it. So if you back up to verse 39, 
He says, he quoted a proverb. This is still the message. Can a blind man guide a blind man? Wouldn't they both end up in a ditch? And then the very next thing he says, this is odd, is an apprentice doesn't lecture his master. So I was meditating on that. I said, well, if I put myself in the place as an apprentice, I'm a student. We can all say this, I'm a student. And even our pastor, who you can put in the position of pastor, teacher, uh, master, uh, uh, boss. You know, there's, there's different words you could throw in there. Head honcho, she's the head honcho of this church. Jesus is, but she listens to him. So, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we follow Pastor Jackie as she follows Christ. So he talks about, can a blind man guide a blind man? Wouldn't they both end up into a ditch? An apprentice, so that's a question. He, Jesus phrased that as a question. And then he says, an apprentice doesn't lecture his master. And then he says, the point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. Or if you tie into what Reverend Ricky was telling us, the point is to be careful which voice you're yielding to. Who are you yielding to? You know, uh, you know, I hear the voice of the good shepherd and a stranger's voice I will not follow. It, it, so I've learned this, and I also heard Dr. Dufresne say it recently when, on a message I was reading, is a lot of times when you're praying, uh, you'll hear God tell you something, but then you'll immediately hear something else. That, that sounds good. It sounds good. And, here, and Dr. Dufresne said this. He said, I heard a voice. And then I heard another voice, and I just decided, I'm just going to do it. And he did it, and he said, you know which one was God? The one that proved out. When I went to work for Chick-fil-A, I sat down, and I said, Father, I know that there is a more, we, it was just like trickle, 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 a little bit of money here, a little bit of money here, but we were using our faith, we weren't giving up, uh, we stayed in school, and it was trickle, 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 and I just sat down. I said, Father, I, I had some time at our apartment there. I remember sitting on the couch. I had some time at home. Nobody else was there. And I just said, Father, uh, as far as I remember, there was nobody else here. But at least where I was, there was nobody else there in the living room. I sat down. And I said, Father, I know there's more for me and my family. I know there's more for me and my family. I trust you to show me where that is. And the first thing that came to my heart was Chick-fil-A. And I didn't want to work fast food. And then prior to that, I actually looked down on it. Now I will never have anything bad to say about anybody in food service uh, or restaurant work ever because I did it for about four years. Uh, if you don't ever want to work in a, in a, a restaurant or, or do, you know, the, it is hard manual labor. You're serving and you're on your feet a lot. Uh, go ahead and start judging those that are in that position. He'll put you in that position. I remember before I started walking for God, I used to look at McDonald's employees and think they were just pathetic. Honestly, I used to think, because, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it was in Arizona, I remember we'd go with my buddies, and like, they found like the saddest looking people to put behind the register. You know, there was no, there was no, hi, how are you today, what, let me serve you, what can I get you, there was no good attitude behind it. So, you know, so there's a, but I was judging, and that was wrong. And then I had to work in Chick-fil-A as a kitchen manager and scrubbing floors and, and getting up at 5 a.m. and staying till close sometimes uh, for about four years. And I learned, wow, that's hard work. But I also made more money than I'd ever made once, once I followed God into it. 
But when my, the point is, when I sat down and I heard that voice that said, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. All right. But then I heard Albertsons. It's like, well, then I'll apply it both. But why would God tell me to do two different things? You can't follow two masters, right? You can only follow one. And so, you know, you know, it says Satan comes immediately to steal the word. Well, so when you walk out of church, we know that that's a big application. When you walk out of church, Satan comes immediately. Somebody bumped your car. Somebody scuffed your shoe. Somebody accidentally walked out with your Bible because it looks the exact same as everybody else's Bible. So Satan comes immediately to steal the word because all of a sudden you're focused on what happened and you're not focused on the answers that the pastor just gave you. But here, here's another application in your own prayer life. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. I had a word from God that was to feed me. That's actually how we survived. They were sending us home with food uh, and we didn't have money for groceries. We, we did it. And we had a freezer stocked full of Chick-fil-A soup. Spicy tortilla soup. They were sending us home with it, and we had so much that we had to start freezing it. But in the summer there, it gets to be 100, over 100, 110 for multiple days at a time. And we're in the middle of summer eating spicy tortilla soup for lunch, for dinner, and, and just, you know, the doctor told us when, Victoria, when Sonia was pregnant with Victoria, you need a lot of leafy greens. Great, but we can't really afford to go buy a ton of leafy greens. Chick-fil-A was supplying us with a salad. And whether it was right or wrong, my boss told me, go make your own salad. And if you want to do a little extra, you can. So what I did, I listened to my boss. I made my own salad. And I put enough in there that I could take a portion out and give it to Sonia. So she had her own salad to eat some leafy greens because Victoria needed that to mature in the womb. Um, God did that. So there, when you obey the voice of God, there's more connected to it than just the obeying. There was that little girl right there. There was... When we go back, we can go say hi to them. Chick-fil-A threw us. We had five baby showers for Victoria. One of them was from Chick-fil-A, and we still use stuff that we got in that baby shower. The, sh the stroller came from that baby shower. We still use our stroller. Um, so there's more to, more to it. So when I was praying about that, I was talking about the voices or recognizing who you're yielding to or what you're listening to. So I think I did go online and apply to Albertsons. And then later on, I learned, well, God... How come I heard two different things? Because one of them worked out and one of them didn't. And it says there's many voices, none of them without significance. Albertsons is actually across the street. It would have been nice to work there. But it wasn't right. But it wasn't from the Lord. But Satan comes immediately to try to distract you, even in prayer. So being careful which voice you're listening to. Or like uh, Reverend Ricky said, uh, who, like in the boat, when they woke Jesus up, Master, 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 don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus stands up, and he's like, who told you you were perishing? What voice are you yielding to? Where, and he, I think he actually said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Are you going to throw out your, you have to throw out your faith, faith to listen to a wrong voice. It takes faith to listen to our pastor. It takes faith to say, what she says works, and I'm going to do it, no matter what it looks like, that takes faith. It takes faith to obey the voice of your teacher, your pastor, your master, your Lord. These are all synonyms. Okay, so we're talking about voices you're yielding to. So Jesus said, can a blind man guide a blind man? And if you're like me, all you picture is two blind men going like this. That's what I picture, just naturally. Uh, 
like Dr. Dufresne said in the sermon, I was like, use your head. You know, he said, he goes, I don't just read it just to read it. He goes, use your head. Put yourself in the situation. Picture it. So can a blind man guide a blind man? And I'm thinking, blind man grabs another blind man by the hand, and they're both going into that hole over there. That's what I'm picturing in my head. And he said, wouldn't they both fall into a ditch? Phrases that as a question. But then he says, an apprentice doesn't lecture his master. So I think what he's trying to get across here, at least one application of it is, if a student, say I go to Pastor Jackie and say, Pastor Jackie, this is what you need to do with Living Word Church. That's out of line, ain't it? I'm a student. I'm a pupil. I follow her. But if I go to her and I say, Pastor Jackie, you need to do this. One, that's wrong in itself. But two, if she listens to me, now the blind is leading the blind. One, because I'm blind and knowing that that's wrong. And two, she's blind and yielding to it. So now the blind is, now I'm taking Pastor Jackie by the hand and we're both going downhill. This thing ain't coming to pass now. So, so I realized it's, he's, he's not necessarily talking about, Jesus used natural things to, to portray spiritual things. He's not just talking about a natural blindness. I was thinking that. I was like, why would a blind man grab, say, come on, bud, let's go grab another blind man. And they're both going into a hole. But what if you think about it spiritually? I'm a student because I don't know more than her. There was a, I was telling Pastor Jackie this story. I'll try to wrap this up. Are you guys okay? This is, so I was telling Pastor Jackie this story um, from work. There was a deputy that told me, so we, we've had a change in the headship in, of the sheriff in our department. The sheriff that had been the sheriff for a long time retired. Nothing wrong with that. You retire when you want to retire. You can go... You can go home when you want to go home. I'm talking about there. Uh, you don't have to go when anybody else says you go. Uh, and the sheriff retired. That's fine. Well, then there's a change in leadership. The, the chief deputy moved up into the headship. And now he has actually said, I'm not running for sheriff when the term comes up. So now that the chief deputy's moved into the headship, there's about a year left on the term to serve because it's an elected position. The sheriff is elected position. So when you vote... It's something you got to consider, prayerfully consider. Um, it's important who's an authority in your county and in your government. We know this. Pastor tells us to pray for our government. Um, and so, so now the the now's the time for the election uh, process to start, where people start putting their names in to get them on the ballot. And uh, and he actually told, didn't. He had a certain amount of time. The new sheriff I'm talking about, the one that bumped up, he has a certain amount of time to put his name in. For, to be sheriff again if he wants to run again and I think it's about 80 or 90 percent of the time the person who's already the sheriff is the one that gets reelected because uh, if things are going good why mess with it you know um, and another deputy asked me the the guy that moved into that position he's been there 30 plus years uh, and I've been there two and a half years um, and a deputy who's been there about five or so years he we were sitting at work uh, and he goes and, and, pe and the, there's a deadline for people putting their name in to be the next sheriff. And if you don't get it in by that deadline, you don't go on the ballot. And if, to my knowledge, one person has put their name on the ballot. He's been there 20-something plus years. He's one of my teachers. There's that word, teacher. One of the ones I follow. One of the ones I submit to. One of the ones I'm learning from. And so knowing this, I, I wish I'd had all this to give him when he told me this. this he asked me this question. But we were sitting there, and people would literally have to walk past us to go into the office that's right next to us to go put their name in for it. And he goes, he's kind of agony on, why don't you put your name in for sheriff? 
You got to be careful what voice you're yielding to. Well, that sounds good. I might like to be the sheriff. I get a, I get a car to take home. I get to call all the shots. I get to decide where the money goes. You got to be careful what voice you're yielding to. So he told this, this deputy of like five or so years. So he's a senior to me. So I still learn from him. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm more than him, but I'm definitely saying he ain't more than the 30-plus year guy. He definitely ain't more than the sheriff himself. So you got to know which voice you're going to yield to and which voice supersedes which voice. You, you're going to have people over you in this church, and there's going to be some changes coming up. And you're going to have people who are over you, but we're, our, we're endeavoring to be in unity with the head voice of this church, with our pastor. So this deputy asked me, he said, why don't you put your name in for sheriff? I said, ah, uh, no. <laughs> well, why? I said, because the, I was like, I'm still learning from the guy that's the sheriff right now. He's been here 30-something years. And he, hi, he, was, he was part of why I got hired. It, it reminds me, can the Coke can talk to the inventor of Coke and tell him what to do? No. It's a product of. You're a product of. We are products of this ministry of Pastor Jackie. The product doesn't look at the master or the inventor and say, well, you should have done this differently. You should have done this. You did this wrong. Um, and he asked me, well, why don't you run for sure? I said, um, I said, because I'm still learning from this person and this person who are 20, I think going on 25 plus years. And then the one that's in, in the one that's whose name is going to be on the ballot who I believe right now is the only name on the ballot, is 25-plus years. I think about 25-plus years um, in law enforcement, in this county. He's been with the same department, 25-plus years. He lives here. This is his community. I'm not trying to sell him to you. You pray about who, who you vote for. I'm just telling you what I know. So then the one who's there, who's the, the sheriff right now, is 30-plus years. Um, and I told this deputy, I said, because I'm still learning from them. He goes, ah, oh, no confidence. That's, that's not it. That's not it. And then when I was reading this verse later, when I was reading this verse later, I go, uh, I go, wow, I realized why I had that answer because a student is not above the master. And if, it, if so if I, and like back to my example, if I go to pastor and say, pastor, this is what we need to do. Come on, we're going. And she yields to that voice. We're, we're both in trouble. Won't they both fall into a pit? It says that. But the point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. We have that, we have that I would say, assignment to know who our teacher is, to know the voice of the good shepherd versus, versus the voice of the father of lies. You have to know the difference between those two voices. Because both of them, none of them are without significance. One's just a bit more significant than the other. I'd say a lot more significant than the other. The voice of your good shepherd. Um, the point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. And you can throw all those synonyms into this verse on your own. Synonym for teacher, master, uh, refreshing. So, I have that in my notes somewhere. And then he talks about, uh, right after the teacher is, it's easy to see a smudge, or we know this, the speck in your brother's eye, when you yourself have a beam of timber in your own eye. So now he's talking about offense and hypocrisy. Uh, hypocrisy. Uh, offense will get you to that place where you're trying 
to, to put a voice over your man or woman of God where you think you know more than them because that's pride. I will admit, I don't know a light years compared to what Pastor Jackie knows. All of those that have been to Bible school and have been back, we will tell you. Uh, Sonia and I, we got back and we realized we can't hold a candle to anything that this man and woman of God have known or walked through or studied. So what does that mean? That means our time of learning is not over. And I guess as long as you're on this earth, your time of learning is not over. They will tell you the same thing. They're still students. They are still following the people. Uh, Brother Hagen used to say, you dance with the one who brung you. They're still dancing. They are still with the one who brought them into this flow. And the only reason we're in this flow is because they're in this flow. We're moving together. We're back to that. Moving together. The point is to be careful who you follow as your teacher. Uh, look at my notes here real quick. What did I have next? Reverend, I'm going to talk about this real quick. Um, Pastor Noel said, I've heard him talk about this before. It's called the law of impartation. You can write that down. Law of impartation. The law of impartation. But he said, uh, he said, I'm, he goes, you guys want to, I think it was either in prayer school or one of, if one of you remember, whether it was in a main service or in prayer school, but he said this. He got real quiet and he said, so Pastor Noel traveled with his man of God because that's what God put on his heart. Um, even, and he'll tell you the stories. They didn't have money to pay the bills. This is why I was thinking about this uh, because when I said, I've started to believe spiritual things more than I believe natural things. Because in, in my faith, spiritual things, God's things, the things that God holds dear are more important to me than how much money I have in my bank account. I could care less. I want to see the plan of God come to pass. I want to get to the end result. And you can't get to the end result. You can't bear fruit without the vine. You can't get to the end result, the refreshing, the first rain without your teacher. I know there's a lot in this. This is kind of hard, hard to stomach, but this is from my heart. This is, this is, this is why I do what I do. And Pastor Noel said this, because he traveled with his man of God. Uh, and that's, that's part of why he's where he is now. Um, and he's still traveling with his man of God. He'll tell you, I'm just the Uber driver. He, he still drives his pastor around. And now he's a pastor of his own church. A student is never above their master. He still serves somebody. Let's go back to the amplified version of Luke, Luke 640. It words something just a little bit better. So, Reverend Ricky said, that the, the people in this church will never exceed what Pastor Jackie has done. In this lifetime, we will never reach her. And that should, that should be comforting because this verse says a student's never above the master. So if we're behind Pastor Jackie uh, and we can't reach her, then we're in line with the word. Because the word says the student's never above the master. So it says... A pupil is not superior to his teacher, but when everyone, when he is completely trained, I'm in training right now, readjusted, restored, set to rights and perfected, will be like his teacher. So Pastor Noel now has a church. He travels to minister to others, and now he's planting another church. He's growing in the ministry, but he is still, he's becoming more like his teacher, but he still serves his pastor. He'll tell you that. 
he moved houses several times to be closer to his pastor. What's important to you? Well, I don't like any houses in that area. <laughs> Stay out of the flow then. Stay out of the flow of blessedness which comes from your pastor. Well, well, well I don't want to travel that much. I don't like traveling. What, what's it? Pastor, Noel, or Pastor or Reverend Joel, not Reverend Joel, uh, Dr. Dufresne said this. Uh, he was, if you know the testimony, I think it's in the footsteps of a prophet if you want to read it. Um, or it's on YouTube. You just type in 24 Dr. Ed Dufresne uh, Holy Ghost meeting. It starts with 24 Ed Dufresne Holy Ghost meeting. And he talks about being connected to the man of God. Um, that's what we're really talking about here. Yeah. Talking about being connected to a man of God and finishing your course because you're connected. That's, that's the law of impartation. Jesus himself could not finish the plan of God without being imparted to. He grew up in the church. And they were surprised at how fast he grew in the wisdom and knowledge of the gospel, of the word. And then when he became 30 years old, it wasn't just, hey, I'm 30 now. No, he still had to go to the river and be baptized by a man of God who was older than him, who had done more in ministry than him. Mary had to go to uh, his, her aunt, her cousin. Cousin had to go to her cousin Elizabeth, who were in the ministry. We're talking about the law of impartation. You cannot get to the end result, the blessedness, what your master enjoys. That what, just think about it in the natural. What kind of blessedness does our pastor enjoy? She probably needs a, a room the, half the size of her house to hold all her clothes. Um, and that's not, that's not a dig. She's blessed with some very nice things. Uh, she needs a, a bigger garage. Because they're blessed with very nice vehicles. Uh, very well-kept vehicles. Paid off flow. Paid off home. Paid off this. Paid off that. Man, it, just in the natural, if you looked at this, wouldn't you think, oh, I should probably follow that person. That's just in the natural. It'd probably do you good to listen to her in the natural. So what, what Pastor Noel said, because he traveled with the, man, with the man of God, as things increase, as you move into positions of authority, as you move into positions of promotion in the church, if you get asked to serve in a promotion uh, in an area in the church, count that as a promotion. I need you to please uh, start learning how to usher under us. I need you to please scrub the toilets in the church. That is what this local body needs you to do. That is a promotion to you. See it as a promotion. Well, it doesn't pay me any better. Oh, yeah, it will. If you look at it that way, it won't. But we're talking about heavenly things. We're talking about divine covenant things. We're talking about the heavenly things that you begin to believe. Just stick around. Just stick around. If scrubbing that toilet... It is more important than how much money you got in your bank account. Well, if I have to go scrub those toilets three times a week, um, I won't be able to work during those times. And I got to make money. I got to make money. No. What's more important to you? Holy things? Heavenly things? Like I said, uh, I got to take the offering on Wednesday. And I said, when you treat God's things as important, he gets on your things and treats your things as important. When you treat your, your pastor as important uh, and I'm not preaching at you this is for me too when I treat my pastor as important when I treat it like that pipe 
that John told me about, that pipe that comes straight from heaven, that is my vital strain of water. And there's all these other voices and flavors out there. But this is my, this is my life source. You're going to protect it. Protect that life source. Because without it, it says they'll be chopped off and thrown into the fire, right? The vine, the branches that don't bear fruit. I haven't even said what Pastor Noel said yet. So Pastor Noel is traveling with his man of God. That's what I'm trying to get to. And he said, I'm going to tell you guys something. You want me to tell you something about... He goes, be careful what you whisper in the ears of your man of God. Be careful what you say in the ears of your man of God. Now, I don't have time to go into all this. I, I got to wrap it up soon. But um, be careful what you say in the ears of your man of God. So we know this. It's wrong for a student, which if you're in this church and you're not the pastor, then you're a student. Okay? I think we could all probably agree with that. If not, stick around and you'll figure that out eventually. Um, it would be wrong for the student to come to the master and say, Master, teacher, person who brought me into this flow, let's go this way now. And then it would also be wrong for her to yield to that voice. But like I, I was talking about the promotion in the church, I got off on that because the more that you do in the church, sometimes the closer you're going to be to the pastor. And you have to be, and, and not just the pastor, you'll be closer if I asked you to usher, all of a sudden you're going to be dealing with me a lot more as the head usher. So you have to be careful what you say in the ears of your teacher in that department. But then we all have to be careful what we, what we say in the ears of our pastor. Because a teacher, we're not perfect. We're being matured. That's the point. We are, we are being matured to become like our spiritual head, to become like our master so that we can be like them, so that we can grow to that full maturity and stature. Um, and that was why I got started talking about that because we're going to be, be going higher to another level. You're going to get closer to some people. Sometimes you won't agree with things. You outright, outright won't agree with things. Things will just like, it'd be like they just stepped on your toe or punched you in the face. You'd be like, I don't care. I'm not doing it. I just am not doing it. I don't like that person. This, this is like the, the, the stones in the bottom of the river are the smoothest because they've knocked into each other enough times. If we're in the same flow, we're going to knock into each other a few times. God knows who's supposed to be your spiritual head. He knows who your, your teacher's supposed to be. So if you're close to somebody in the ministry, whether it's a department, a, a ministry of helps department, or you're close to your pastor, um, you have to guard against this stuff. You have to be careful whose voice you're yielding to. Because if you yield to a wrong voice, not the voice of your pastor or not the voice of the good shepherd, you yield to a wrong voice, like I said earlier, the point of a wrong voice is to get you offended. It's going to get you to a point where you think you know more than your teacher. And then once that happens, that's like taking the stone out of the river where it can't be smoothed over and throwing it over there into the mountain with all the rest of the rough ones. So be careful what you say in the ears of your pastor, your man or woman of God. Um, be very aware of that because... They're human. I'm human as, as a head usher. I'm human. And I can be influenced in a wrong direction. Like I said, I started not introducing people as brother and sister because I was influenced by a voice that said, that's weird. I caught myself being influenced by that. I said, no, 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 this is brother so-and-so. Excuse me. It's weird that they're not brother and sister. It's not weird that we call each other brother and sister. But if you see the point, I, I was yielding to a wrong voice, a voice that called holy things holy connections 
heavenly relationships called that weird. That's the world that calls going to church all the time. So I was yielding to a worldly voice by doing that. Uh, and that's the head usher, introducing people and starting to yield to a voice of the world. How about our pastor? How many voices does she have to put up with? And go, that's not, that, that's not, like she said, I had to get alone and I had to hear the voice of the good shepherd. I had to get alone. I had to fill up in the word who I am in Christ. She was just telling us this. Even she has to hear the voice of the good shepherd. Pray for those utterances. Yes, yes. Pray that she hears the, pray, say, my pastor, confess that my pastor hears the voice of a good shepherd and a stranger's voice she will not follow. And I pray that because I need the voice of the good shepherd in my life. I'm not going to follow a stranger's voice. So that when my pastor gets up here and preaches, my answers come because I'm in line with where I'm supposed to be. I'm not listening to Kool-Aid or to orange juice. I'm listening to the supply of water from heaven. So be careful what you say in the ears of your pastor. Here's just some natural wisdom. Um, Be careful when you say it in the ears of your pastor. Before service is not always the best time. I'm just going to say this. Uh, You put the band-aids on later. Before service is not always the best time to run up to pastor and tell her your problems. Uh, I had to learn this. Uh, We're all growing. Um, After service is not always the best time. You know, and if, if it's something, I, I mean, if you're not sure, ask God. Just say, Father, if, if I need to talk to pastor about this, please help me know. Teach me. Like when I was out at the academy. Father, help me. Teach me. Teach me the voice of the good shepherd. Help me to know when it's the right time to say something or when it's not the right time to say something. Uh, help me to know whether or not it's the right thing to say. I've learned this. There's some people that were just promoted to sergeant over me, and I have no problem with that. That's fine. I need them. I need them to become like them. Uh, and I had a question for one of them. And as I was, I was actually walking to that person's office to go ask them a question, I said, I caught myself. I said, wait a sec. I can probably figure this out on my own. I don't need to bother her right now. She's busy. They got, our, our headships got a lot on their plate. Pastor Jackie has a lot on her plate. Um, so be aware of what you say in the ears of your man and woman of God and when you say it. Because she may be try, endeavoring to hear the voice of God. Your answer is in the service. A lot of times if you'll just sit still and won't bother her and you, you by faith say, I'm calling on, a, on unctions from heaven for my pastor for divine accurate utterances to be spoken. And if my pastor hears the voice of the good shepherd, if you will pray that, you'll be sitting here and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that problem just went away. Because I heard something that I needed to hear. And honestly, that's why I'm still here. Because I keep hearing what I need to hear. Um, so our pastor can be influenced. She's human. And she has a pastor. She'll tell you that. She has a pastor. I'm not saying this to knock her. We're all in the same race. It's just we got to follow the example of somebody who's plowing the road ahead of us and actually making, honestly, making it easier for us. We will never catch her, but she's making it easier for us to enter into what she enjoys. Healing. Peace. She's making it easier for us to do that. I'm getting, I'm getting really long-winded here, so sorry. Uh, so the law of impartation, 
Pastor Will said, be careful what you say in the ears of your man and woman of God. Here's a few examples from the Bible of people that had to go through the law of impartation. Meaning, that's why pastor, when she goes to California and she comes back, she says, I need to impart to you. I need to do this, that you might be established, right? Spiritual gifts to the end, that you might be established, completed. Established would be another word to throw in there with trained, um, readjusted, set to rights, established. You want to be established, then you got to listen to the voice of your teacher. So she, and you got to get those impartations. She said, I need, pastors, I need to impart to you. And, and there was a sense of urgency almost about it when she said, I need to do this because it's vital for you that I do this. I have gone here to sit under my pastor, in, who she considers Pastor Nancy, her pastor. I have gone to receive from her water supply, I would say a water main, basically just a, a canal. She's gone to receive from a canal, and she is coming over here and brought what she got and now needs to impart it to us that we might be established. There is that law of impartation. And even Pastor Nancy had to receive from somebody, Dr. Dufresne. They will tell you who their man and woman of God was, and they will tell you how they protected that flow of water to get where they are now. They didn't start out where they're at. Brother Copeland did not start out where he is. He did not start out as Eagle Mountain International Ministries. And, 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 and world-changing ministries flying fly to other countries. He started out serving a man and woman of God and following the law of impartation and then protecting that flow. So who is your fellow to follow? you got to ask yourself that. Or you could say this, who is your voice to follow? There's many voices. Uh, Pastor Noel's kid, or his children, a couple of his children, his, his daughter and son-in-law, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Carissa. Um, we got to, right before they, it was a matter of time that they became pastor. Like we were there one trip with pastor and they were, they actually lived in their parents' house, were making their parents' meals, uh, helping them plan their travel schedule, helping them plan their flights. Does this sound like anything anybody does here? Helping with meals, helping get things ready. They were, they were doing that. They actually moved into their parents' home to be a bigger blessing. Their parents don't even have to worry, as pastors, don't even have to think about what I'm gonna eat today. They can phone an, uh, somebody who's being a help. They can call on their student and say, hey, student, what's for lunch today? I mean, how big of a help is that? Pastor Jackie just said, I didn't have groceries in my house. You know what was on my heart? Man, I really need to do more grocery shopping for my pastor. I need to offer, hey, pastor, can I go to Costco for you? Because it's less for her to think about. And they were doing that for their man and woman of God, their parents, but also their pastors. And they honored them as pastor, I think, because that, that divine relationship supersedes that natural relationship. And they, they had a discussion with Sonia and I. And I think pastor was listening in on it. I think she was kind of trying to nap on the couch, but she was listening in on it. Because there was, there was an unction on what they were saying, and pastor was sitting there listening. Right? Um, and they said, your pastor, or they said, I was, we were talking about our jobs. And, stuff, and they said, your job is not the plan of God for your life. Your job is not the plan of God for your life. Your pastor is the plan of God for your life. And things became more clear like that. I'm not on this earth to put away bad guys as a, as a law enforcement officer. I'm not on earth to solve this crime. I might enjoy that. God can use that to promote me. He can use examples in my job to train me. But I'm on this earth to fulfill a vision to get to an end result 
And I can't do that without my pastor. So if so, you've got to protect that flow of water, like I said. You've got to protect, and actually, uh, so like I said earlier, the blind can't lead the blind. It's not physically blind. It's one who doesn't know more. It's, it's spiritually blind. And we can all say this. In a measure, I'm probably spiritually blind. There's things I don't see. But that's why I have a pastor, because there's things she sees. I'll give this example real quick. I know it's getting late. Um, I was talking to John about this lately. In 2015, Pastor Nancy came here and gave me a word. And then I was out mowing when I was working, uh, and I was riding the mower around. Like I said, spiritual things are simple. Uh, And I was driving the mower around, and I said, Father, you can talk to him simply too. Father, how come, and I'd only been coming here about three years at that point. Father, how come you had to use Pastor Nancy to give me that word? I have the same Holy Ghost that she has. How come you had to use her? I wasn't, I wasn't putting her down, but I was just trying to figure it out. Father, this doesn't make sense. I have the Holy Ghost. She has the Holy Ghost. How come you had to use another person to help me see something? And he said, the same reason you need a coach in your corner in the wrestling match. And that year was the first year that I had coached. I, had, I was wrestling all the way up to then. And, there, and I realized as a coach, you can see more. As a coach, there's things you can observe that need to happen to get your wrestler to win the match. And the wrestler has his head buried in somebody else's armpit, so he can't really see. He can't see the timer. He can't see what period is. I can't tell you how many times I stood up and was like, oh, it's over? Like, like I was so involved in what I was doing, I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what direction was up. I didn't know north, south, east, west. But when I, I, first thing I do, I pop out of whatever scramble I was in. I look over my coach and coach is going to say, you need to go down. You need to go down. Oh no, you need to stand up. You need to stand up. Hey, you got 10 seconds. This is what you need to do. And it's because of the coach. That's another word. Teacher, master, coach. He's going to coach you into all things. He's going to show you all things. um, Because they can see things we can't. And that's why we need them. They have gone places we have not gone. Thank, thank God that Pastor Jackie spent 39 to 40 years in the world and bumped her head enough times to say, guys, it don't work that way. I'm glad, I'm glad that it didn't take me 39 to 40 years. It probably, I, was 20, I think I was 21 when I started coming here. And I bumped my head plenty. Enough, enough. And, and not near as much as she probably did at 40. I wasn't married yet at that point. So thank God I got a hold of this vine of revelation before I got into a covenant of relationship, a marriage, because a marriage isn't just a natural relationship. It's a covenant relationship, a covenant agreement. Okay, I'm going to end with this. I'm just, I, I actually went, I was listening to Dr. Dufresne. I was listening to Dr. Dufresne recently. That man of God, oh my gosh. I've only got to hear him a couple times when he came to this church. I think at least once when he came to this church in person. Um, I want to go back and listen to that, see what he told our congregation. Because he was a prophet of God. And what they say to you, that local body means something. When a prophet comes here, we need to pay attention. And the one is coming. Pastor Nancy came. And she operates in that prophet's office. What she says to this church. And even at other meetings, what she says about this church. That's for us. She'll say something to Pastor Jackie. That's for me, because I'm right, I'm right behind my teacher. Amen. Amen. So when we see, in that same way, when we see Pastor Nancy promoted 
in, in these, um, all these different avenues that their ministry is growing, you can see Pastor Jackie. You can see us. When you see Pastor Nancy on BVOVN, you see her on there, you say, that's my pastor. She's not physically my pastor, but Pastor Jackie's my pastor, and she's in line with her pastor, and I'm in line with my pastor, so I'm sitting right there on that TV too. I'm represented by, on that TV too. I'm connected. I'm rightly connected. I'm not shopping around for a pastor. So Dr. Dufresne said in this video, he was talking about, it sounds like I'm, you know, if, you, if this is your first time here and you came in, you think, man, this guy's cuckoo for his pastor. This guy is nuts. He really, like, he is weird. He's got like a fetish for his pastor. This is just odd. Why is he all about his pastor? Why does his wife go and rub her feet when they're on a conference? Because she's been on her feet a lot. That's weird. That's weird. You know, um, we do whatever we can to bless our pastor. Uh, so, Sonia, at the end of the night, at the end of a long day, we've been to three services. Pastor's been on her feet a lot. She's been traveling. At the end of the night, we get the kids in bed. She goes to rub pastor's feet. Because, because it matters. That sounds weird to the world. Why would you do something like that? I'm protecting my flow from heaven. Um, you know, why would you spend your, all your vacation time to make sure she gets where, she, where God is telling her to go? And this is something Dr. Frame talks about. He talks about his connection to Dad Hagen. Or, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Brother Hagen, Brother, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen, Reverend Kim, Kenneth E. Hagen. Um, who Pastor Jackie who is very much connected with. I think she would call him Dad Hagen too. Um, and so Dr. Frain was talking about that relationship. And he says, and this is what he said. I actually was playing YouTube, pause, play, pause, plays, pause, to write all this out. And he says, in 24, Ed Dufresne, Holy Ghost Conference on YouTube, he says, now there are, there's many that have accused me of worshiping a man. Talking about Dad Hagen. I'm not worshiping a man. It was just that he was my teacher. And Paul said to follow me as I follow Christ. And he finished his course. He ended right. So I think it's a good fellow to follow. This is, this is Dr. Dufresne. That's where I got the title from this. The fellow to follow. So it is a good fellow to follow. And I've been criticized, but criticize all you want. This is Dr. Frainstill. I got something. Criticize all you want, but I got something. That others that were around the man of God didn't get. You know, you can be around a man of God and don't recognize greatness in them. Not a great man, but greatness in them. And don't get any impartation. And don't listen to what they're saying. That's how you don't get an impartation. You don't listen. And he says, and I, I, the things that he would say, talking about his man of God, the things that he would say, he said, he said that Jesus told him that 90% of his ministries, ministers never get into the first phase of their ministry. And he said, I made a mental note right then. I said, you know what? You know something? 90%... They die in their middle age, in their 50s, and in their early 60s. And Dr. Frank said, well, I'm, I'm, I'll be 67 in June. So, I, so praise God, I got on the other side of that. And he, says, and he says, you know, I mean, he said, 
That's the way I think. I don't know how you think. Well, I said, then I better find out how many phases or rooms. He's talking about his man of God. His man of God said something, so now he's dwelling on it. I better find out how many phases or rooms I have in my ministry. He said, 90% of my ministers. I don't even get into the first phase, not even the first phase, not even the first phase of your ministry. When I heard that, when I, well, when I first heard that years ago, I said, I'm going to find out where I'm at. Do you know where you're at? Do you know what room you're in? Do you know what phase you are in the ministry? I know where I'm at because I asked the question. I got before God. And then he told, he also referenced this testimony about entering into his second room. Phases and rooms. I'm not really talking about phases and rooms, but if you're following your pastor, you'll end up in one and you won't even know it. Um, and, and he's talking about what he did to get into his second room. And I'll end with this. He, he's talking about... Uh, he had, he had gotten into the things of God, got born again, started serving in his church, and served in his church so much, and it was actually building the church. Uh, and then he ended up with a business, and, uh, and he didn't have food to feed his family, but God created an avenue where he could, like we did in Bible school, created an avenue where food would flow to you because you're in the right place. When you're in the right place, things will flow to you. It won't be a, I have to go out and dig it up. If you got to dig it up and you got to create it, that's toil and that's the curse. If you catch yourself toiling, say, wait a minute, I'm toiling. I'm not talking about not working hard. You do need to work hard, but when it's under the anointing, it'll be light and easy. You won't get the wear and tear that the world gets. Um, and you won't die because you've you know, worked so many hours. Uh, when you're in the right place, you might feel like it, but the anointing will sustain you in that position. One of the... One of the, one of the people out of, in Marietta who serves in that ministry, still, every time we go back, we see her in her same place serving. And she's been there years. And she's not a young lady. She's a more mature saint. And she's trusted in that ministry. And she got up and she said, I'm healed. I was supposed to serve in this conference and I did not, I did not feel like I physically could. But I got up and I served and the anointing is in the assignment. Um, and so Dr. Frayne was serving, and he didn't have food to feed his family. And he started uh, being trusted more in the church. And then he ended up with his own business. But then he had so much money and food coming to him from these avenues of doing what God said, that he was giving food to people in the church. And then the building that was being built, he said, every week I, or every day I go to church, and, they, and we're building this church. And they say, well, today, this week we need this, this, and this. He took his money from the business that he got blessed with, and would put it into the church. And then uh, God said, said to him, go to this meeting. I think it was full gospel businessmen's meeting. And he said, go to this meeting. And he said, but God, I barely have food to feed my family. I'm giving all my money to the church. And he goes, I can't. And uh, he said, somebody walked up to him and gave him a full gospel businessmen's meeting track and said, hey, I think you need to be here. And he said, he said to God, I, God, I can't go. And God said, sell your house. What are you willing to do to, to, to get where you need to go, to be where you need to be, to get to your end result? God wasn't trying to get a house from him. They ended up with, I'm sure, way nicer houses, and, and Pastor Nancy's still accelerating, and Pastor Jackie and Pastor Ken, they're still accelerating. I say, if you're behind them, we're still accelerating. You can say that. Take that as yourself. I realized one day, I said, Pastor Jackie is in a paid-off flow. I got to go with them to the dealership. I heard the amount that she told the dealer 
she was going to put down. And I was like, excuse me? I have got some growing to do. It was a challenge to me. I said, yes, but if I'll follow my man and woman of God, I can get there. And I don't have to go earn it. It'll just flow to me. And then one day, she, I was helping her out of her car, and she goes, yep, just paid it off, like nonchalantly. She wasn't like, thank God we paid this thing off. That, that thing was stealing money from me. No, she just got out of the car and said, yep, paid it off today. Just, that's her normal flow. Our pastor is in a paid-off flow. My goodness. Other ministers tell stories about her and that paid-off flow. That's an anointing. Because if you don't have the yokes on you, that means they're being broken off. So the anointing destroys the yoke. There is a yoke of financial hardness, of financial tightness. There is a yoke, but the, there is an anointing to destroy even that yoke. And our pastor has that anointing. If you will draw on that. I was sitting there one day, I was going, there's a paid off anointing on my pastor. I expect that to come to pass in my life. I expect that. I don't care what the natural circumstances look like. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to follow the voice of the good shepherd. But I expect that anointing on my pastor because I'm rightly connected to get on me. And it will. And Dr. Frain was saying, uh, somebody told him to sell his house. Or he said, the Holy Ghost, God told him to sell his house, to be in that meeting. And he said, you know what? The house sold in two days. He decided to obey that voice. The house sold in two days. He said he, he signed the papers, got the money, booked the flight. He said he went to the airport that night, booked the flight, got to that meeting, and ended up in a service and got an impartation that moved him into his second room. So what are you willing to pay? And then this is what he said. And he said, and you know what? All those meetings, talking about going to Dad Hagen's meetings, going to, I think it was uh, Kenneth Copeland, all the different meetings, all the people that he was connected to. And Pastor Jackie will tell you the same thing. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. He said, it was cheap. He sold his house to be in a meeting. And he said, that was cheap compared to getting into the room. The spiritual room, I mean. And to getting into the next phase with God, it was cheap in comparison. If you don't even have your own house, think about selling all your stuff in your own house, in your apartment, your car. What are you, and he said, I've sold cars. I've sold houses. That, now, you have to follow God on this because he... He's not about decrease. He's increasing us from glory to glory. But if sometimes it seems like he says, give this, sow this, get rid of this, or do without this, it feels like he might be trying to take it from you. He's actually trying to get you further. He was trying to get Dr. Dufresne into a place to receive an impartation and to hear a message. Jesus had to go to the river and be baptized. And then he still had to go into the desert. It wasn't enough that he was baptized and the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Not, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few. Be your master of much. He didn't say that to Jesus then. And actually, he might not have said it to Jesus yet because Jesus' job still isn't done. Um, he's still got to come back on a white horse. I think when that happens, then maybe he'll look at Jesus and say, well, son, you done it. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. And, you know, that's the, in comparison to spiritual things, to getting to the refreshing, the first rain, the end result. What are you willing to do to stay connected to your teacher, to your divine flow, to the divine vine of revelation, 
I talked about the vision of the blind man not being a physical blindness, but being a spiritual blindness. Uh, well, vision is also known as, you know, so where people, where people, people perish without a vision. That word actually means redemptive revelation. We need redemptive revelation. So people perish without a lack of knowledge, but uh, like a blind man leading the blind. Well, we're not being led by a blind lady or man. They see more than us spiritually. So what are you willing to do to, to go where he says go, to be where he says be? And, and sometimes it's not going anywhere. Sometimes it's just staying. You know, what are you willing to do to get there, to stay there? I know you, you'll have to ignore the voices of family. Jesus had to do it. You'll have to ignore the voices of your finances. You'll have to ignore the voices of financial planners. You'll have to ignore the voices of other deputies telling you that you should run for sheriff. You'll have to ignore, uh, you have to ignore your body. You'll have to ignore ambition. I've had to realize that. As the vision becomes more clear, it almost seems, you know, there's, there's a great and effectual door. And around it are many adversaries. In order to get through the door into the progression of things, because the vision is becoming more clear, those voices are going to get a bit louder. Have you ever seen a basketball game when they got a chance to throw the, uh, the, the free throw? The crowd, goes nuts. the crowd that wants them to lose goes nuts because they're trying to distract them from getting it in the hole, from, from getting to the end result. Scoring a point is really the end result. Winning the game is the end result. So to keep that person from, from getting into the end result, voices roar. They even have these plastic things you bang together. They make noises. You can take air horns. You can do that. Whatever it is, people will paint themselves and pay for seats behind the goalpost. They will put that much effort into keeping somebody from scoring one or two points to get to the end of a game. But what are we willing to do to get to our end result, to win the game? And it's not a game. It's a life or death uh, situation. So and Dr. Frain said that. He said, it was cheap. It was cheap. The man sold his house. And said, that was cheap in comparison to getting where God said to go. We're going to get there. I want to get there. I want to get there. That, I, not just I want to, because I want to won't do it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to stay connected. I am not going to get moved out. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get there. I'm going to follow my pastor. I'm going to stay close. So that's what's been on my heart, and that's what I have for you tonight. So hopefully it blessed you. Sorry, we're, oh it's late. Yeah, we need to get out of here. It's late. We gotta, we gotta. Yeah. So, so Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We thank you that you said, and and Hebrews foretells that the word is sharper than any any double-edged sword, or sharper than any sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. That it's alive. It's active, it's powerful, and it sifts, it divides asunder the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Father, as we depart tonight, help us to discern by the word of God the thoughts and the intents and the attitudes of our hearts. As we go further in this race, we got to discern the right voice. We got to discern where to go, what to do, what to say, when to say it, when not to say it. We're moving further with our man and woman of God. We are so grateful 
that you have given us a divine supply of redemptive revelation. You have given us a divine supply of heavenly manna, of water, that it's heaven food, it's miracle food you have given us. We will rightly discern it. We'll rightly discern our place in the body, rightly discern uh, our race, and we thank you that we hear the voice of the good shepherd and a stranger's voice we will not follow. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be dismissed. Is there anything else?